0: Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment.
1: And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. Uh, So today I thought it would be fun to unpack one of the metrics that we can use to track our apps. Um, So it's no surprise. I love metrics. I love numbers. And the... The particular one that I want to, I think it'd be fun to talk about today is retention, um, and which we'll un- talk a lot about what that actually is and kind of unpack it. But um, it's one of the the analytics that is, if you have an app on the App Store, you have access to because it's just like one of the built-in ones in iTunes app analytics. And I was recently like sort of digging through some analytics related to uh, my Sleep Plus Plus uh, big update and launch. Um, and I sort of, I think I came to a realization that I think uh, retention is probably the most uh, importal, Im- important metric for the overall health and vitality, sort of like in longevity of an app. That we have available to us. That, um, in general, it is a like it's a great measure of how your app is performing, both from a usability perspective, a stability perspective, um, how how useful it is. There are so many things that kind of are attached to retention that it seems like a great 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 metric to kind of dive into uh, and make sure that we understand because um, at its core, retention. Is about how how often people are coming back to your application. How often people are coming back to it and launching it on subsequent days after they first install it. And so, I think it's so easy to initially focus on things like download numbers, which um, are sort of useful and sort of important insofar as um, if that number is too small, um, it obviously will have a, have an impact on the the, the vi- sort of the how viable an app is, but if your retention numbers are are really small, so you could have huge download numbers, you know, you have ten thousand people a day download your app, um, but only if only two percent of them you you know, ever launch it ever again. That's you're not in a great place. Like you're not building a viable business if you have lots of people come in and then immediately leave disappointed. Like that's only viable if you're building a pyramid scheme or something. In general. You want to have people come and stick around. You want people to download your app and to continue using it. Um, if you have an advertising-based uh, business model or an in-app purchase-based business model, you need them to continue to be coming back to the app um, in order for those to work. Uh, maybe if you have an upfront business model, it matters a little less. But still, happy customers coming back to the app on a regular basis is seems like it's always a good thing. So. Seem like a worth thing, a, you know, worthwhile thing to unpack to make sure um, that we kind of everyone under, understands what it is, and then you know some things we can do about it to improve it or um, you know make make our retention better. Um, seems like a good thing.
0: It's it's part of like you know what what business people talk about that we all kind of zone out or make fun of at first. And when we first hear it, we, we talk about like the sales funnel, right? It's like one of those kinds of things where like you, like they they talk about like oh well you have like this many people who are who are out there and this many of them are gonna learn about your app and then once they learn about it, this many people are going to you know actually go seek it out and then this many people are gonna download it and this many people are going to actually ever buy it or use it or whatever else. And like this just gets smaller and smaller and smaller as you go. And if you're trying to increase the parts of your app that are valuable to you, um, like, you know, like if you if, if you just sell the app up front for, for a, flat, a flat price, you know, then the, what you want people to do is buy the app. Like that is your that is your end goal. Like financially, you know, you might you might want them to use it for other reasons. But for the most part, like your job is done when they buy the app. Um, and so like you kind of stop caring about the funnel or the retention, uh, after that point, it, it's a lot less of your problem after that. Whereas if you have a business model or an app model or some kind of goal that requires ongoing usage, uh, or that like, you don't, you know, you, you don't maybe make money if people stop using the app. So for instance, if you're based in advertising, uh, as, as the source of your money, uh, then, You know, you don't really like you kind of need more than that. Like your funnel needs to continue, you know, past the point of downloading the app. You also need to start caring about how many people stick around after, you know, X amount of time. And that can also help, you know, judge things like how much you should plan to spend for search ads or for other types of advertisement for your app that like you have to know like what's the you know average lifetime value of a customer, or what's the average lifetime value of an installation? You know if you know that you know after a certain number of of weeks or months that x percent of people will have just given up on the app and x percent will still be using it then like that will that can also help you figure out like what what should i be willing to pay for a new customer that comes into my app like it, it's there's all sorts of reasons why you tend to need to know this stuff for for your business and you can get away ignoring it for a long time, like, and I'm guilty as anybody. Like, you know, like you, you, David, you know, you are very good at metrics and and tracking these things. I really am not. Uh, I I'm slowly getting less terrible at it, but for most of my business, most of the time, I don't do nearly enough tracking of metrics uh, or trying to optimize for certain metrics. Um, but you know, it's it's kind of tempting when you see these when you see like you know retention numbers then. One way to make more money is, of course, to just get new customers in. But another way is to try to get more engagement, more usage, you know, more retention out of the customers that you already got in the, in the first place, or that you're getting in every day. Um, so, it, like, there's there, there's a lot of potential value here where you don't have to be like a a sleazy, you know, business person <laughs> to uh, to to make use of these tools in, in a useful way.
1: Yeah, and I think too, it's the The thing that is is so, like, essential about uh, retention is that it 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 allows you to continue to like it 's incredibly difficult to get a customer in the first place like if, if, like we 're going to get into it in a little minute we're going talk about like how depressing retention numbers can be um, you want really real depression, go look at your like app store impressions versus conversion rate <laughs> and like that is just it, it is astonishing how hard it is to get some get a customer to download your app in the first place. Um, but it's sort of like once you've gotten them, like once they're in, they, they have at least made a choice. Like here's a person somewhere in the world who has looked at your app store page and hit the get button and they have downloaded your app. Like you have it, you have, you have, you're, you're at this tremendous advantage with that person. Like trying to then, sort of sell them on your app and make them want to continue using it is such is such an easier th- problem to solve than the the first one and obviously you ideally you want to be optimizing both your acquisition of like new customers as well as your retention of your existing ones but I feel as a developer much more in control of retention than I do of acquisition because with retention In many ways, it is, am I making a quality app that is compelling and useful and interesting and wants, you know, creates a a desire for somebody to want to remember it and to come back to it? And I can see if changes I make in the app are causing that change. You know, in the example of C++, what was really, um, gratifying for me is I spent a lot of time and effort working on this update. I put it out and my retention numbers roughly doubled. Um, from the, what they were before, I did the update, which is huge. Which That's is this huge. Gr- yeah, it's like it's this great reinforcement, though, that all of the engineering work, like all of the stuff that you know, so often I feel like we end up on the show talking about how it's important for us developers to not just get stuck in developer land. Um, that there's other business and marketing things that are important for our business, and that it's absolutely true. But like, this is one area where, like, raw engineering um, and user design and those types of things come back to play in the, the business side of things that if you by making my app more compelling and understandable and easier to use, I was able to increase retention, which is a really nice um, kind of virtuous cycle to end up in. So anyway, I think the best place to probably dive into before we get into some of the uh, other aspects of retention is probably just to define what it is and to uh, clarify how you get these, these, these numbers and kind of a little bit of how to understand them. So At its simplest, retention is the is a measure. It's usually measured in as a percentage, and it is the percentage of users who uh, have launched your app since um, they installed it. And it's typically measured sort of in one day, two day, three day, four day, five day um, measures. So one day retention is the number of users who launched your app the day after they installed it. Seven day retention is the percentage of users who launched your app seven days um, after they installed it. And usually you tend to go up to maybe about 30 days. And then after that, uh, I think the measure tends to be not as interesting because at that point, it, it, at least in my experience, it becomes very stable that you tend your app tends to have this sort of the stable point where. Um, after and it's probably for me. I found that after about a week, you know, if you if I have sort of hooked a user um, who they found the app useful and interesting for more than about you know seven to ten days, they're probably going to continue using it um, in in the long term. And so uh, that's at its core what retention is. Um, you find it by going into iTunes Connect, go to App Analytics, and then the rightmost tab is called Retention, and there they have a, a bunch of different graphs, but the main graph. Or I guess it's a table is they have this kind of triangle table, which shows your last 30 days of, um, the last 30 days in the app store. And then for each of those days, the relevant retention numbers for each of those days, as well as the overall, um, retention. And so what you'll tend to see is something where you, you know, your day one retention is going to be your best, typically. You know, Very few apps would, you would, have, would need to have some kind of uh, cyclical nature to it if this wasn't the case, but typically your best retention is going to be the next day. You know, The day after they, they first installed it is probably the most likely day that they'll remember and come back and install it again. Um, and then you'll see this fall off uh, from there these numbers uh in my experience are uh sort of brutal <laughs> yeah. because you when you get this like you in there's this part of me that wants to think that my cust- like someone downloads the app they're excited about it they want to use it and then you see that like after a week like 10% of people are still using it or 5% of people or 20% of people like these numbers are relatively small that, you know, for every hundred people who download my app, you know, um, a month later, only like four of them or five of them are still using it. Um, and that can be kind of brutal. And obviously like these numbers c- could be better. I mean, it'd be awesome if your retentions were like 80%, 90%, like that would be great, but more likely than not, don't be discouraged if these numbers are lower than you would kind of hope for them to be, um, because really most of what you're doing is it isn't so much it, the actual number is sort of it's a good measure maybe of how you know interesting and compelling the app is. But what's probably more important is if you make changes that you hope will affect the retention, that you can then compare them you know over time and see you know see the number go up or down as a result. So don't get too discouraged if they. Um, if they seem kind of brutal to start with, yeah, because mine are terrible. I mean, just like I don't really know what's
0: normal here. Like, what? Like, I actually be curious to know, like, what is like the industry average for some of these numbers? But like, the highest number on my entire chart is about forty three percent. That's like you know on day one, and then it seems like the thirty day average that I that I'm running for Overcast is between ten and twenty percent depending on you know the day but i'm hovering between 10 and 20 um and that's not great it's like that's a horrible thing to see (laughs) But, but like you know it i look at how i use my phone just personally and i and it makes total sense to me like i download tons of apps that people recommend and then for whatever reason for some reason or another like some of them stick most of them don't and that's fine um that's like i don't if you look at these numbers and you see like, wow, I have like 15% of people actually using this thing after a month, like that's, that sounds terrible. But I think that reflects just the reality of there being a lot of apps out there and a lot of people, you know, willing to explore new things, but not necessarily, you know, not, not everything's going to stick. And 15% sounds terrible uh, as a ratio of like whether your app sticks or not. But that actually, like when I think about the entire market as a whole. When I think about what percentage of apps I download, I actually stick with that. Actually, seems kind of in line with that. Um, I, I, again, I, I do wish I had more points of comparison for like what's the industry average. Um, I think it, this also will depend a lot on whether your app is free or paid. Um, you know, one of the advantages of free apps uh, that that I've enjoyed quite a bit with with Overcast that I never had with Instapaper was that you know, the the raw download numbers that you get uh, from the app store are way higher. Like, you know, oftentimes like 10 times higher than what you get from a paid app of like how many people are willing to install this thing for free versus how many are, you know, do it when there's a pay up front price. Um, But I think the downside of that is like, yeah, like you lowered the barrier for them to come in the door. Uh, But then I bet not having any information on this i i I bet that the retention rate over time of free apps is noticeably lower than that of paid apps because the paid apps it's like you kind of had to get them over that hurdle of believing in your app up front and so more people who download it will be more committed to the app that they paid for i bet versus the one that they just took a chance on because it was free
1: maybe i i I have a suspicion that the short-term retention may be slightly better but i think the same forces that f- that like cause retention to drop off so dramatically will immediately will, will come to play eventually that like that initial sense of like oh man i paid for this and i want to use it um i think will fall off once you get to the point of like it's just is it really compelling and you and useful to, uh for them enough for them to come back to it um because i think after a couple of days you're going to kind of forget and it's kind of a sunk cost at that point and you're just going to um, sort of decide if you know is is it really you're not going to sort of just be using it out of penance for a, a you know mistake you feel like you you, you made in the past. Um, but I think I think that, I imagine you're right insofar as the initial retention is probably slightly better. Then I mean honestly, in some ways, zero day retention is probably way better for uh, paid apps than free apps in the sense of there's in the sense that I'm sure a lot of people download free apps and never never launch them once. Um, and so that that side of things is you know c- certainly. Um, is going to be better on the paid side but I, honestly I think your numbers are fairly good um, in terms of I don't I, I have I only have my my data sets to compare them to but I have more apps than you um, and I think having an, a, a sort of having a, a next day retention in somewhere in the 40 to 50%, I think is very good. Um, and then your 30 day, if you can, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20% is also very good. As, as far as I can tell that um, it seems like anything above that would be really, really impressive. And the reality is, I think is if your numbers are in that range um, that if you can start between 40 and 50 and end somewhere between like 15 and 20, I think you, there's a good chance you can make a viable sort of, business out of that app that that's a very, you, you're going to be growing your user base over time. Uh, most likely. Cause really this is kind of one of those funny things where if you want to think about like your daily active user number, which isn't like another one of the metrics um, that num- in order for that number to grow, you need both new users coming in, but mostly what you need is over time to build out your like sustaining user base because you know you if you want say you're only say you say you're getting 10,000 new users a day um, you know you're never going to get to say 100,000 daily active users unless your retention is really good because you no, you know the new people coming in is just n- not going to be able to sort of add up unless you can have a sustained um, you know g- growth over time because your retention is good and so that every, for, for every 10,000 that come in you have 2,000 still using it a month later
0: I would say too, like you know, if your app has any kind of like service component where you can where you track like number of user accounts versus some concept of active users. Like I, for a while, I didn't track active users. I only tracked you know like the number of user accounts that were in my database, which it really is not that useful of a metric. <laughs> it's really it doesn't show anything about how active people are. So I have this big spreadsheet where I track like where I just take like you know weekly analytics and, and just to kind of get an idea of how my business is doing. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, weekly, yeah. <laughs> it's, I have like, you know, five metrics.
1: It's <laughs> better than zero metrics. It's way better than zero metrics.
0: I had zero for a long time. <laughs> but uh, but one of the things that I started tracking you know, about a year ago was monthly active users. And of course, you know, it's, there's arguments about what that means. But, you know, but once you start tracking that, like, I, I realized very quickly, like, okay, first of all, I actually have something like a quarter of, of the of the users that, that are in my database, about a quarter of them are actually active over a month. And so like, the, you know, it kind of, it kind of like puts some perspective, like kind of cuts you down to size a little bit, like, Oh, okay. I don't have, you know, X million <laughs> users or anything. It's, it's not, it's much smaller than that, but um, it is useful to see like, okay, this is how many people are actually like actively using the app at all. Um, and so it, it, it does, you know, create incentives to, Try to improve that number. Try, you know, try to increase the the percentage of your users that are active, uh, which we'll get to after the ad break, I think. But um, it also kind of shows you like just more accurate data. Um, when you're doing things like, like, when I was trying to figure out like how much do I pay for search ads and everything, it doesn't really matter what percentage of people convert to user accounts. What actually matters is what percentage of people convert to active, to monthly active users. And that is... A little harder to figure, but a, a far more accurate representation of like kind of trying to give you an idea of like what you should pay uh, for an installation. Anyway, we are brought to you this week by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award winning templates, and more. Whether you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, even a podcast, you can do so much with Squarespace. It's the all in one platform that lets you do pretty much anything you want to do with a website these days and there's nothing to install no patches no upgrades you don't have to worry about any of that stuff squarespace has it covered for you they have award-winning 24 7 customer support if you need any help and you can quickly and easily grab a unique domain name for your idea all of these templates that they let you choose from are designed by professional designers they are beautiful and they really help you show off your great ideas with very little effort Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. You can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com radar. When you decide to sign up, use offer code radar to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain and to show your support for Under the Radar. Once again, that is squarespace.com radar and use code radar for 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website.
1: So the worst place it seems to sort of to wrap up our discussion seemed to be to talk oh, a on like the negative side of trying to think through reasons why people might want to leave. Um, people reasons why you may not be retaining people, um, and then you know, on the flip side, like things that you can do to potentially help people want to stay um, and improve your retention as a result. And like the first thing I think about is so often um, we have no idea why people leave our apps. Um, it's a bit of a mystery in terms of, and you know, you can imagine this is why a lot most big companies with you like if you want to cancel your account, they give you like a three a three question survey where they're trying to ask you like why you go, why why you sad, you know. Um, that's that's something that they do because it's so hard to collect this data, but it's certainly something that I think you can speculate on. It's something that you can look at your customer support um, emails or however you collect your customer support. You can look at that and get that probably gives you an indication. Um, tragically, probably another really good place to find this information if you're looking for it is one star reviews in the app store. Um, there's a good chance that the reasons people are upset is, you know, is a subset of the reasons why people might want to go. And Um, You know, you can put that all together to get a sense of why people might be wanting to leave. And I mean, some, like, obvious reasons off the top of my head were things like, well, the app wasn't wasn't useful enough. Um, It didn't actually provide the utility they were hoping it would do. Um, It could have been hard to understand. It may have been an app where you know it they wanted to use it in the, for whatever you know purpose and utility that it 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 provides and um you know ostensibly shows but they didn't understand it it was confusing there was something they hit some wall somewhere um where suddenly they it didn't, wasn't able to to give them that usefulness um, there's some, it's also probably for a saying, some types of apps, um, this isn't just this isn't really a useful metric. Like if you have a seasonal app or a one-time use app, um, you know, I know there are, there are certain applications that I download and use for a specific need that I have. And then I don't have that need going forward. Like I have some, you know, there's some you know file processing thing that i need to do or a conversion between you know two data types or who knows like there's there's lots of this certain types of apps that aren't expected to be used on a regular basis certainly the best kinds of apps for building a sustainable business are the kinds that i think are used on a more regular basis but that's just worth saying that if you have one of those types of apps understand this kind of analysis isn't really useful but in general i think it's a useful thing to come at it from you know why people might not want to use it and try it's Important, I think, to try and come, come at your application every now and then with a fresh mind. Like I always try before I do a big update to, you know, from a, you know, I, I reset a phone. I have a completely fresh installation of it and I start to try and use it um, and see if there's, th- if there's pain points. Are there things in that initial run that would cause someone to go away and ask yourself, you know, what are the reasons why someone might want to not keep using it? Because if the app is just not useful for that person or doesn't really do what they want to do, there's nothing you can do to really grab them in. But if there is something that you can think of, like, is there a reason why someone might, you know, whatever, in my sleep tracker, it's like if, if you don't give the app um, health permissions, the app is completely useless uh, for the mo- for the most part. So if that's the case, then I need to be clear and upfront and encouraging around that and to try and encourage to make sure that, you know, that's not a reason people are leaving. But I need to think through in the first case of what are the reasons that people might want to leave.
0: Oh, yeah, like I faced this problem when, when, when Overcast first launched, it required an account, um, you know, for like the website syncing and everything. And so I, I, I required people to give me an email address and a password. And requiring an account is such a barrier for a lot of people. And you know, and I know it myself too. Again, with my personal habits, like I know it, Like if an app opens up and it requires me to create an account or to log in with Facebook or something, I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. So it, you know, it it most in most cases, I will just abandon it because I don't, I just don't care enough to do that. Um, and you know, now I I I very quickly added a like you know basically proceed without an account option, which actually just generates an anonymous account in the back end for sync purposes. But, um, you know, there was there was one button to just say, alright, forget this, I don't want an account. And now, like, my, I one of the metrics I track is new users per download of the app. And that has been pretty steady at around 90%, which I consider really good, because I know, like, with Instapaper, where I never had an accountless option, my rate was way lower than that. It was probably closer to half. But now it's 90%, because there was this barrier that a lot of people just don't want to give you an account or don't want to make an account or don't want to set it up or whatever. And if you give them an easy way to just not do that, skip that, uh, then you will lose fewer of them at that stage. And it, you know any kind of barrier to using or continuing to use your app, I think it's worth investigating and, and considering, like, is there a way I can either make this easier, make it less of a barrier, or get rid of it completely?
1: Yeah. And it's, I think those are the reasons that, like, it's important to be honest with yourself. And, like, I know this is for my own habits, that, like, it's so easy, I think, as I'm developing something, because I have such knowledge about it, for, like, of course I'd create an account. But then I think of, like, in my actual habits, it's like, no, I wouldn't. Like, anytime I install, I open an app, and the first thing it asks me to do is create an account, it's like, I just, I just ignore the app and delete it. Like, I don't want to go down that road nine times out of ten. And so... It's important to you know to, to be honest with yourself and in your own habits and understand that like you or perhaps even more importantly, it's like going through the exercise of um, you know tr- the the initial experience test um, with people in your life, you know, friends and family, people who don't know your app, especially people who aren't particularly technically savvy. Like you can get great great feedback about what what, what was confusing, what was not straightforward, what would be a reason why that you know what, what questions do they ask that. Um, let you know why people are, would, you know, maybe not use because the reality is that is, you know, like your 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 users are not you. Your users are, are very unlikely to be, tech, you know, incredibly technically savvy iOS engineers. Like maybe if you're making a hyper-focused iOS engineering <laughs> app, like great, good for you. But the majority of your apps, you want to be general purpose. You want to have apps that don't require people to really have deep understandings of what's going on, that they can just get started and that's not to say that you need to like dumb down your app or somehow be condescending about that but it's just understanding where they're where users are coming from allows you to make an app that directly suits their needs um, more directly
0: all right let's talk about spam
1: yeah <laughs> yeah this is the awkward part um, of the conversation where I think and this is where you, you it can start to get get kind of shady because the number of apps that I have on my phone where there's clearly they want to juice their retention numbers and buy as soon as you install the app, it pops up a message that says, we'd like to send you notifications. And you kind of ask yourself, I wonder why this app needs to send me notifications. And then if you don't use the app for a week, you find out why they actually wanted <laughs> to send you notifications. Because they'll send a little thing like, hey, turns out you haven't used the app in a while. You know, hey, you want to you come check it out? Maybe it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Or they'll send you an email. If they, ha- if they have your email address, they'll, they'll email you and be like, hey, you, we, noticed you haven't, we haven't seen you recently. Why don't you come back? Look at all this cool new stuff.
1: Yeah. And like those will those will happen forever. Like it seems like like people they're just there is like that's not the kind of retention that I think either either of us would encourage you to use. Like there are better ways. It's it's a
0: bad look. Like it, it looks like somebody who has like really bad social skills and can't take a hint.
1: Yeah, like it's it's you're if you if that's if that's how you impre- increase your your retention like i'm sure it works like in terms of i'm sure the from a metric perspective more people will come back to your app if you bother them on a regular basis um <laughs> even just if accidentally like if they're trying to clear the clear, clear the notification and they accidentally tap on it and it launches your app like great you've increased your retention number but you haven't increased your like user satisfaction um do you know to, Tim Cook's favorite metric like that's you're not increasing it by um very it's very unlikely someone for you know stopped using your app because they forgot about it um, you know they stopped using your app because it wasn't compelling um, you know the reason you want to help if you want to help people stay and increase your utility you need to make the app compelling and useful and you need to have an onboarding process that encourages them to want to come back and find ways to design recurring interest in your app, you know, like making an area of the app where someone wants, might want to come back to on a regular basis. And that might be built into the the type of app it is. Like one of the things I know is useful for me is with a health and fitness app, There's a compelling interest in coming back to it every day because your steps change every day. So you want to come back to it on a regular basis. But if that's not the kind of app, like in a podcast app, it's like for you, I think of the area like the browse area in Overcast is a great place to try and create interest where it's like, huh, I want to listen to something. And having like their first thought be, oh, let me go browse that catalog. And if you can create areas in your app where there's that recurring interest you have a much better chance of building genuine retention, like where people are honestly wanting to come back to your app. And like that's probably the most compelling and useful way to, to, to approach it.
0: Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week.
1: Bye.